This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Couldn't be happening to a nicer guy, huh? Time is up for Joe Biden. He is being pushed out. He deserves it. He deserves to go. He never deserved to be president in the first place. At least that's how I feel. He's being pushed out. There are forces very powerful at work here. And this is about a lot more than those silly documents. A lot of things are coming home to roost. You know, for no apparent obvious reason, this video was trending today on social media. It's about seven years old. I saw it. I was promoting it on social media myself. I said, this guy does not belong in the Oval Office if he treats various women he doesn't even know like this. Old women, young women, children. Um, it's just an indicator that Joe's luck has run out. And people like this, I believe, are working against him. Take a look at these sad folks at the White House. This is the day after Donald Trump's election to the presidency. And, and notice that woman that we're zooming in on. That's Susan Rice. I do believe she is one of the most two important and powerful people in the world right now. She and Barack Obama. Yes, they are pulling the strings. The deep state reports to them. They are in charge of everything. And you got to remember this about Susan Rice, Barack Obama, Joe Biden. They don't like democracy. No matter how many times they say it, these are not democratic people. It's an exciting time that democracy prevails. We choose democracy. Democracy has prevailed. We need to get democracy moving again. We love our democracy. We are proud of our democracy. It's our democracy in the balance. That's all about democracy, right? Joe Biden is all about democracy. No, he never has been, never will be. He's all about status, power, money, the game of politics, but not democracy. No way. A guy who says things like this as a sitting United States senator threatens a journalist. He defines politics as power. And whether you like it or not, young lady, he says, leaning over his desk to shake a finger at me, us cruddy politicians can take away that First Amendment of yours if we want to. Joe has said outlandish things like this throughout his career. We all know it. We all saw it. It was kept a secret. They tried to during the election. This is not a man who likes democracy. A man who talks like this, does he have regard for the people? I just want to make sure we all know what we're talking about here. That you and I know at least what we're talking about here. 
there's a fervent and aggressive school of thought that wishes to see natural law further inform the Constitution than it does now, argued against by the positivist led by Judge Bork. Now, again, that may be lost on all the people. You know and I know. Oh, the people, they don't get it, but we... A wannabe elitist like Joe Biden, we get it. Poor Clarence Thomas, he had to put up with this nonsense. Who knows? I, I have no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I love him, I love him. But back to Joe Biden. Um, he is a walking, talking example of a lack of democracy, actually. And I think I have proof. Iowa and New Hampshire, right? They're the critical states. Iowa has a caucus and New Hampshire has a primary. And you got to do well there if you're running for president, right? That's what all those political guys say. Whoever wins Iowa and New Hampshire gets a lot of media attention, and that can lead to an increase in national polling and an increase in fundraising. That person also just gets the glow of being a winner associated with them that can help them do well in future contests. Textbook, right? I've heard that before. But why didn't it apply to Joe Biden? It didn't. Take a look at how he did in Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, fourth place, fifth place, and look at all the people who beat him, starting in Iowa. Uh, you name it, they beat him. Pete Buttigieg, uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas. Uh, and in New Hampshire, it was even worse a couple of weeks later. <laughs> fifth place, fifth place, but somehow he, he gets the nomination. You know how, like, contrary this is to presidential history? Let's go back. Let's go way back. Let's go to Jimmy Carter. First place in Iowa, first place in New Hampshire. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Ronald Reagan, he wasn't messing around either. Okay, first place, first place. George H.W. Bush, third place in Iowa, but he came back big time in New Hampshire. He desperately needed to win New Hampshire after Iowa. Uh, who's next? Bill Clinton, right? Yep, first place, second place, and the guy he uh, came in second to in New Hampshire, I think, was either from New Hampshire or right next door in Massachusetts, so that was a win for him. Uh, George W. Bush, first place, second place. You see, this is how it works. Obama, he wasn't, yep, first place, first place, and it goes on like this. Donald Trump, second place, first place. Uh, let's go back to George H.W. Bush for a second. Uh, he was so relieved to win New Hampshire that, like, eight months later, when he won the presidency in November, he was all about New Hampshire. Thank you. God bless you. And one other thing. Once in days that were a little darker, I made a promise, and now I'll keep it. Thank you, New Hampshire. Thanks for everything, and God bless America. Thank you all very much. All right, remember, Joe Biden comes limping, I mean crippled, out of New Hampshire and Iowa, right? Then something happens. A guy named Jim Clyburn, a congressman from South Carolina, decides it's going to be Joe Biden. And everybody falls in line. They get a couple of promises out of Joe. You got to pick a woman for this, a woman for that. She better be black. And everybody falls in line. 
both Klobuchar and Buttigieg dropping out of the race after Saturday's South Carolina primary. Billionaire Tom Sayer has announced he is dropping out of the presidential race. This follows a disappointing finish in the South Carolina primary. Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the 38-year-old from South Bend, Indiana, has dropped out of the race for president. His announcement came Sunday night after a crushing defeat in South Carolina. All right, and uh, all these guys who had several victories under their belt just suddenly drop out, and Joe Biden <laughs> clinches the nomination. Joe Biden wins the nomination. Now, how did that happen? Was that all Jim Clyburn? I actually don't think so. I think it had a lot to do with Barack Obama. And this guy, he's actually still in charge. When he was joking with Stephen Colbert when he said this, he wasn't joking. If I could make an arrangement where um, I had a I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats, mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony, uh, I, I'd be fine with that. Check out the eyes, right? He's boasting. He's proud. That I believe is the arrangement. And whatever you think of Barack Obama, he's a hell of a lot smarter than Joe Biden. And I think even though the fake news was fooled and they moved on in 10 minutes, when we lost in Afghanistan and Joe Biden directly responsible for that, that not only offended us, I think that offended Joe Biden's political masters. I mean, really? And this laptop. They didn't know about the laptop uh, during the primary season. They didn't. They weren't sure about it. And they covered for Joe. And they've been embarrassed by Joe. When Joe Biden said those 50 people uh, vouched for him, he wasn't kidding. They did. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly it. what... Is this that's where you exactly going? what... This is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia? I want to stay on the issue of race. <laughs> so... Uh, I think a lot of those people who signed the letter knew it wasn't Russia disinformation, but now they're being called out on it, all right? And I think they regret it. Article after article emerging these days showing that these guys, they're being embarrassed for vouching for Joe Biden. And why did they do that? Well, are they going to do it again? I don't think so. Why? Because he has outlived his usefulness. This is it, all right? This is the guy they thought could take out Trump, and that's happened. All right. I've got lots of concerns about whether it happened fairly or not, of course. And he's embarrassing them. This is a man who is not good at the job. They know it. Democrats, ambitious Democrats, they don't want this guy to be the standard bearer anymore. What do they owe him? Nothing. This is it. But how do they get him out? Because Joe has gotten pretty comfortable and used to the accommodations. And I think he needs the protection that the presidency affords him. They want him gone. So what do you do? How do you take a guy like that out and possibly fool the public along the way? The secret documents, the classified documents. Now, most people have never held a classified document in their hands. It's mysterious. It's 
This is the stuff of movies and intrigue and, and legend, right? A secret document. That must be, wow, that's, I mean, we watch the movies, right? Who remembers this from Top Gun? Everybody has used this line once or twice. Excuse me, Lieutenant. Is there something wrong? Yes, ma'am. The data on the MiG is inaccurate. How's that, Lieutenant? We happen to see a MiG-28 do a 4G negative dive. Where did you see this? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Oh, he's so cute, isn't he, right? Uh, I've used that line. It's very, very fun, but... Um, People don't know what they're talking about when it comes to classified uh, documents. They got to rely on the swamp to tell them what it means. And everybody's kind of operating a little bit blind here. Look, I would love it for Joe to go. All right. I just don't like that. We have been lied to throughout. OK, that's that's what I feel is going on here. And actually, Joe Biden is taking heat. And a lot of it, folks, is coming from his own party now. This picture was taken in 2013. It's Joe Biden in the Oval Office, okay? He's at work. Look at what's in his hands. This is what they're making a big deal over. And Joe, I'm sorry, you know, you deserve it. It's kind of unfair, but at the same time, what's happening is Joe Biden's being caught in his own trap, okay? What they did to Donald Trump, they can do it to you. Actually, the deep state they can do it to anybody they don't like. Anybody who's ever handled classified documents, you can find something. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. It kind of is like that Casablanca. Who remembers Casablanca, right? You have to have seen Casablanca at least once. Remember when the Nazis wanted to shut down Rick's Cafe because they were singing Viva La France all the time? Take a look. I advise that this place be shut up at once. But everybody's having such a good time. Yes, much too good a time. The place is to be closed. But I've no excuse to close it. Find one. Everybody is to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. How can he close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out. Fabulous, fabulous. But the, the key line there is, but I have no reason to close it. Find one. Find one. And they found one on, uh, on Joe Biden. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy again, Joe Biden, right? Klutzy, weird, and um, he's incriminating himself. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol. His lawyer's cleaning out the office. That was very, very odd. But here's the thing about that. We found out the name of the lawyer who was cleaning out the office, who found the documents in the Penn Biden Center or whatever that place is called. This guy, Patrick Moore. Now, who is Patrick Moore? Nice looking attorney, right? Well, from 2015 to 2017, Pat was associate counsel and advisor for presidential personnel at the White House in the administration of President Barack Obama. That, I believe, is a connection. That's what's going down. Barack Obama is pulling the strings here. Joe Biden, you have outlived your usefulness, and very powerful forces are aligned to get you out. And this uh, classified document thing, why not? They could have picked this or a hundred other things to get you out, and I'm not going to cry about it. You deserve it, but I'm worried 
actually, the deep state, people who are unelected, who are this powerful, that's not American. We got to be vigilant. I'll be right back. Okay, uh, the LGBTQ community, not all of it, just a radical portion, or maybe not that small. I can't tell. I can't quantify it, but a portion of it at least is going crazy, drunk with power. Who remembers Gay Pride Month? Went on and on and on, the longest month of the year, June. It used to be Gay Pride Week, now it's Gay Pride Month, and now I think we're pushing for, they are, Gay Pride Year. Take a look at this guy. He's a hockey player. His name is uh, Ivan Provorov. He's with the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, they're all freaking out in the hockey community because he doesn't want to wear a gay pride shirt to practice. And apparently in the hockey world, gay pride is really, really in right now. Take a look at how they bathe the rink in the pride colors, right? I mean, this is... On and on and on. The, the shirts, here are the shirts. They are gay pride shirts. Even the sticks. This is kind of crazy, right? Because hockey is not a gay sport. It's not a straight sport. It's just hockey. The orientation of the player should have nothing to do with anything. But uh, the fact that this guy did not want to wear the shirt because of religious reasons was really big news. A strange turn of events before the Flyers hosted the Anaheim Ducks tonight. The team wore pride jerseys during warm-ups to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community. However, defenseman Ivan Provorov would not join them on the ice, citing his Russian Orthodox beliefs. Now to a controversy involving one of the Philadelphia Flyers and his refusal to take part in a pride night. The rest of the team wore this during the warm-up skate at the Wells Fargo Center last night. You can see rainbow-colored numbers and some players using rainbow tape on their sticks. Provolov was the only Flyers player who didn't have a jersey and refused to skate in the pregame warm-ups. He refused to wear a pride night jersey. He was the only Flyers player who didn't have a rainbow sweater or a stick up for auction after the game. Uh, we're not hallucinating. This is real. This is uh, very aberrant, uh, risky behavior for a hockey guy to not wear the gay pride shirt at practice. This is ludicrous. I think he's a great guy. Take a look. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would, like, I would answer those. It's so interesting that this guy is the radical, right? I mean, we are rearranging society, and it's, uh, whew. Now, that was a totally reasonable thing to say, wasn't it? Not even in the hockey world are they buying his um, explanation. Nothing scares me more than any human being who says, I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. Because when you looked at people's lives, you normally say that publicly, you'd throw up at what you saw. You would throw up at what you saw. And I have seen that a million times in a lot of different ways. So don't, don't give me that. All right. Easy there, champ. You don't even have a collar on that shirt. Uh, not impressed. He doesn't make me feel good, this guy. What did uh, the hockey man say? He didn't say he was perfect. That's not the point. That's not the point at all. He doesn't get it. That guy doesn't get it. Very few people do. Uh, I think America, in its heart and soul, gay, straight, whatever, doesn't think this, uh, a celebration of one orientation, belongs at a hockey game. It just doesn't. 
Remember Austin Powers and he wore that thing and he was like the over-the-top straight man? We wouldn't want to see that at the hockey game either. Fair enough, fair enough. Now this. All right, the few remaining Democrats who are loyal to Joe Biden are desperately trying to change the subject from the documents back to January 6th. And as long as they're at it, I'm going to bring something out. Who remembers this guy? You know, you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys held. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad, de bad days. How we take accountability for that. <laughs> Should have been arrested for perjury right on the spot. Those fake tears. I don't think he can do that, but So he's out of Congress. Is this legal? It shouldn't be legal. He's taking government documents, the January 6th report, and he's selling them on his own website for a hundred bucks a pop. But you get more than just the January 6th report. You get it personally signed by Adam Kinzinger himself. That probably should make it less valuable. This guy is shameless. He's also selling hats. Adam Kinzinger hats for 60 bucks. With his signature on it, they all, ooh, this, this is why we don't like politicians. All right. Uh, I know of another book that wasn't written by the government or published by the government. Uh, I wrote it, a private publisher, Simon & Schuster's Threshold Books, and I'm very proud of it. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. It's currently available, and I'm very, very proud of it. You know, during the 2020 Black Lives Matter uh, nonsense, that's where the book was born. Because I was watching a lot of TV. I was experiencing New York firsthand and the, the craziness. And I kind of kept a running log of things I didn't like. And now I'm able to, well, write about them and talk about them. And uh, this was a moment that really turned me off. Perhaps you remember it. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. Persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. <laughs> what forced them to take to the streets? Media hype, perhaps? A total overreaction to George Floyd? And where does it say that you have to be peaceful and polite when you're protesting? In the United States Constitution. As I write in my book, uh, in answering Chris Cuomo's ridiculous statement there, the text of the First Amendment is a good place to start. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble. Peaceably to assemble. Now, January 6th. This features prominently in my book as well because... Not unlike the George Floyd situation, January 6th was exploited for political purposes, and everybody went crazy. Our political overlords used this as an excuse to exert even greater power, and it was on full display on Inauguration Day. Again, you'll remember the, um, the crazy, over-the-top martial law, essentially, in Washington, D.C., 
And as I write in my book, uh, for Biden's inauguration ceremony, Washington, D.C. was placed under martial law. Riot fencing controlled movement throughout the city. 25,000 troops uh, were deployed. Let's see here. Were called to occupy the Capitol, a military presence that hadn't been seen in the district since the Civil War. The National Mall, traditionally open to the public on a non-ticketed basis so people can watch the inauguration in person, was sealed. Most of the downtown area of Washington was closed off. The mayor asked tourists not to visit, and Airbnb canceled all reservations. All regional rail service was suspended. The post-ceremony motorcade and parade from the Capitol to the White House, the same route that Trump had walked four years before in front of hundreds of thousands of people, was empty except for lines of troops. Nobody in the press complained that President Biden was a fascist or a tin pot dictator, staging security theater, terrorizing a city and preventing peaceful protesters from exercising their First Amendment rights. But what he was doing was borderline fascist and denying the people their rights. That's what fascism really looks like, in my opinion. Oh, and here's something else. You know, for a while there after January 6th, you could get in trouble if you said Antifa was involved, right? Well, Antifa was involved. And I have it confirmed from the former chief of the Capitol Hill Police Department, a guy named Sund. The assessment indicated that members of the Proud Boys, white supremacist groups, Antifa, and other extremist groups were expected to participate on January 6th and that they may be inclined to become violent. Did you catch that? Antifa was there. And oh, by the way, the proud, bo proud Boys aren't white supremacists. They have been so lied about and maligned. Antifa. They knew they were coming and they were there. All right. Did Fox News call any of this out? <laughs> no, they're too busy uh, attacking Trump and trying to help Joe Biden. They have gotten worse. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Rob Carson. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert your IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word ROB to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With over 20 years of experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting ROB to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, secure your gold. Start today with the free info kit. There's no obligation to make this request. Just text ROB to 989898. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get into that. And the fake news is getting bigger. And too much of the time, you can't count on Fox News. They got a couple of superstars over there, but so much of it, anti-Trump, 
just concerned with what their media colleagues at other networks think. Um, this was a doozy for me, at least. I think you have to be equally outraged about Trump having classified documents and Biden. And Biden. Trump and Biden. Right. Same thing. Right. Same thing. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. Trump had declassification authority. Trump had security that Biden did not have as an ex-president of the United States, as opposed to an ex-vice president of the United States. He enjoyed innumerable more privileges, including having access to classified materials. Everybody's overlooked that. An ex-president of the United States can summon just about anything he wants. Traditionally, that has been the case. Fox News, aren't they the ones who called Arizona like two minutes after the polls closed, by the way? The Fox News decision desk is calling Arizona for Joe Biden. That is a big get for the Biden campaign. It sure was. And uh, that may have influenced history. Was it because some oligarch, some billionaire in charge of the whole company wanted it to come out that way? You know, these billionaires, they, they treat countries like chess pieces, okay? I don't like that. That is un-American. Also, these people are the ones who are really hyping January 6th beyond all context, not really reporting, in my opinion, responsibly. And they've gone all in on the Trump should have called, not going into the details, not even reading the January 6th report and exposing it for the fraud document that it is. Those are my thoughts. All right. Uh, Joe Biden spoke earlier this week to the National Action Network. And, you know, I will admit it's very easy to tune Joe Biden out, especially on a Monday morning. I mean, how much of the speech can you watch? And he talks and talks and talks. I watched about half of it and there was plenty to not like. But I should have watched the second half. <laughs> there were some doozies beyond belief. Um, how about this? We have appointed more black women to the federal circuit course than every other president in American history combined. Every single president combined. Combined. He's angry when he lies. It's totally not true. Totally not true. Let's look at the facts. Why don't they? Why doesn't PolitiFact? Why doesn't the Washington Post fact check him? All right. You see the numbers? More than all the other presidents combined? No, you've got... Uh, 51 to go to make that a reality, Joe. And it goes on and on and on like this. Joe Biden from his perch in Delaware over the years, he knows so much. He knows how how people should be arrested, what cops should do. Bans chokeholds and greatly restricts no-knock warrants. It creates a national database for officer misconduct that must be placed in the national database to tighten the use of force policies, to emphasize de-escalation. What does Joe Biden know about, say, arresting somebody, apprehending somebody who doesn't want to be apprehended? Uh, this guy fought with a police officer in New York City, an extended fight. The police officer tried not to use all the maneuvers he's suddenly not allowed to use. Can't even touch the guy around the stomach, according to new regulations in New York City, new laws. Joe Biden is going to come to the rescue, huh? Joe Biden's going to, he knows something about this. No, you don't, Joe. You don't know anything. Why does he keep talking like this? We have to retrain cops as to why should you always shoot for de with deadly force? The fact is, if you need to use your weapon, you don't have to do that. 
Is this the whole shoot him in the leg routine? What, what is he talking about? He doesn't know. And if he has any questions about the use of deadly force and when it's not warranted, maybe he should look at the Ashley Babbitt case, right? The Ashley Babbitt, what wonderful woman shot and killed by a Capitol Hill police officer, even though she was unarmed. Why don't you look at the federal government first, Joe? Uh, let's see. I forgot. Oh, this is about uh, who wants to be a cop. Not many people these days. And look, to call a fresh approach to recruit and how we recruit, how we hire, how we train, how we promote and how we retain, retain law enforcement to come from the neighborhoods that they serve and know the people they're charged to protect. All right, Joe, you and your party glorified the flipping off, the disrespect of police officers, and they're still dealing with that aftermath. This, this was sanctified by our politicians, by corporate America, by media, by academia. This is okay. No wonder why people don't want to join the police department, okay? They're really, really struggling right now. And Joe has his vision in his head of what police departments look like based on Starsky and Hutch, some show he watched in 1974. Policing has evolved so much. The man does not know what he's talking about or doing, but he has all this authority and all this time to shoot his mouth off. There's this. No one, I'll say it again, no one should be in federal prison for the mere possession of marijuana. No one. No one is. No one has been. <laughs> when they, no one is. But it's a cheap applause line, and it sounds good, right? Um, one other thing. A lot of people who don't know better say that volunteer groups are really going to move the needle when it comes to um, violence. They're wrong. This gimmick has been around for a million years, and, and Joe has signed up for it. Meanwhile, we're making historic investments in community violence interventions. Studies have shown that reduced violent crime up to 60 percent. We've seen this kind of impact in Baltimore and Sacramento. Yeah, no, we haven't. Uh, that's propaganda. Violence interruption. Community groups buying sweatshirts and going out with bullhorns. It doesn't do the trick. They get some good press, but it doesn't make a difference. And when you think about it, it just it's very impractical. Uh, some a news crew went on a ride along with violence interrupters not too long ago. Is this a winning strategy? Maybe it is. I don't think so. But what do you think? This one of the guys from the neighborhood. He see us out here every day. He rock with us. He, you know, let us know when it's a good time, when it's a bad time. We help him out as much as we can. We just want the police to be better and more responsible, and we want to be a part of that solution. We'll go right on the corner where the guys be at, right on their hot spot, right on their corner, and we'll just post up and pass out hot dogs and food until 1 in the morning. Food at 1 in the morning. I've been seeing this stuff since uh, I was a kid. It doesn't work. They don't know what they're talking about, and they're throwing millions and tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars at these groups. For safety? No. For votes. For votes. I'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, America is about uh, excellence, right? The American dream, working hard uh, and doing your best, and hopefully rewards come with that, right? Material success, academic success, not so much anymore. What is happening in Virginia? Uh, some folks are very upset, understandably so. It looks like the school district, let me get this straight, at least 13 Virginia high schools delayed merit awards until after college admissions. The state AG says they are specifically targeting Asian American students. And that governor down there, uh, Glenn Youngkin, he's all over this. Take a look. It impacts their ability to apply to college for scholarships. They have a maniacal focus on equal outcomes for all students at all cost. Uh, yeah, this thing about equity. Equ equality is great. Equity is a very dangerous word. Kenny Shu joins us. He is the president of Color Us United and author of An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. Kenny, welcome back. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You bet. I was very surprised the coordination that must have taken place between 13 high schools. Uh, tell us what you know. What are we missing? How did this happen? Yeah, I'm not surprised. And the reason why is I've been studying Loudoun County, Fairfax County for a long time now. Look, this is just a byproduct of race preferences, okay? So in 2020, Thomas Jefferson High School, which was the number one math and science high school in the entire nation, admissions only by performance on a test in grades, especially in math and science, decided that there are too many Asians at Thomas Jefferson High School, because guess what? Asians tend to do well in math and science. The school was 70% Asian. So they created an admissions policy, calling it holistic admissions, where they got rid of 50% of the Asian kids to admit more blacks, Hispanics, and even some whites. And now we're seeing the downstream effects of that. What are the downstream effects of that? There are kids at this school who are obviously less qualified than the majority of the student body. And because of that, the school has to hide it in the name of equity and deny the top performing kids their rightful awards for fear that they would offend the lower performing kids. And that's what's at the heart of this controversy right now. And that's it. It's just they will offend somebody. They'll be jealous or whatever. That's what the administrators are thinking. This isn't about funding. This is about feelings. And this is a totally unnecessary second-order consequence of race preferences. If these kids were just matched to the schools at which they were qualified for, at the level for, none of this would have to occur. The top kids would get the top-level education to become our next generation of nuclear scientists and engineers, and the second-tier and third-tier kids would get the education they need to go to college and stay motivated to become I'm sure great engineers and scientists as well, but you don't need to put the cream of the crop in with people who are not necessarily the cream of their crop. It doesn't mean they're, they're never going to be, but you need to put people where they deserve to be. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, you're upset. Parents are understandably upset. I'm upset. Let's listen to these parents, please. I, I think the 
the withholding of the National Merit Commandment uh, Awards is a, is a scandal. If you just, just put it as from the perspective of uh, what a competent and diligent administration should do is a serious failure, a miserable failure. My son was one of the mostly majority Asian kids. But what happened? What happened in that fall of 2020? My son got an award that I did not know about. This is not some participation trophy. By the way, can, the, the way the school board sits, it's like the Politburo. I don't know who these people think they are. Uh, some sort of weird star chamber. And the National Merit Awards, by the way, these are prestigious, very, very competitive. Only 50,000 students out of 1.5 million actually do well enough to get these uh, awards. I'm a little bit unclear how the uh, administration can defend this. Um, they defend it in the language of equity. They say we, you know, racism has impacted these kids' lives, so these black kids' lives so much that we need to admit black kids and Hispanic kids, even if they're less qualified. What they don't say is that they're doing these kids a disservice. They're doing these kids a disservice because who wants to be placed in a course in which they're just totally unprepared for? And so you're babying these kids. You're patronizing these kids. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit. I, I know we talk about China a lot for my book, An Inconvenient Minority. Also, you can follow me at Kenny M. Shu XU. But I want to talk about Soviet Russia because one of the parents there was um, talking about this. And in Russia, the math and sciences, even in the Soviet Union, Stalin decided that he would let the nuclear scientists do their thing because that was too important. These are our national defense centers for excellence in our nation. And if we are trying to replace excellence here with wokeism and equity, that's not going to go well for our country. Quick question. Why do Asian students generally, if you look at the numbers across the board, tend to do better than other demographic groups? Uh, it comes down to a, a culture of study and work ethic. So Asian Americans study twice as many hours as the average American. Um, also, that study is not just... Um, you know, playing on a phone or playing word games, you're getting intensive preparation from yeah. the parent as well. They're spending time going down uh, these word problems with these kids, making sure they get it, if not right the first time, the second time, and the third time. That's what math is. Please uh, check out Kenny Shu at Kenny MXU or go to colorusunited.org. It's very, very important. They're undoing society. This is a threat to us all. Kenny Shu, we thank you for what you're doing, and we'll be right back. <laughs> oh, boy. That's, uh, that's pretty scary, pretty weird. Pretty realistic, but it's fake. Obviously, somebody used their Photoshop or their Adobe or something with their computer to make Joe look like that, I think, right? Anyway, this went semi-viral a couple of years ago during the 2020 campaign. Somebody tweeted, Sloppy Joe is trending. I wonder if it's because of this. You can tell it's a deep fake because Jill Biden is not covering for him. <laughs> I think it's fine, right? I mean, politicians, you make fun of them from time to time. Political cartoons, how long have they been around? This is a modern political cartoon, no problem. Actually, the government had a problem with this and tried to stop it. Adam Schiff, this guy has done so much damage to our country. He really has. 
And now he's been screwing, we learn, with big tech. His staff reached out to Twitter and other social media companies, urging them to take down this kind of content. Specifically, that meme with the tongue. Why? Why would that be his concern? This is still America. This is a free country. And you're allowed to do things like this, right? How do you think Twitter feels when they get a note from the Intelligence Committee that you should take something down? That's coercive. Now, fortunately, in this one case, Twitter pushed back. Remember, they're also getting heat from the FBI, okay? What does it say here? They write to the staff, this is a pretty clearly edited GIF created with humorous intent. Any reasonable observer could identify that it's that it's doctored, doctors, doctored, I think is what they mean, and there's no nexus to harm to anyone involved. It's not a violation of our rules. But you see, sometimes it was more than a staff member from Adam Schiff's office. It was the FBI, and they reacted. They reacted. Oh, here's something else. Take a look at this guy. He's a staffer in uh, Adam Schiff's office. Uh, and some people, like we're making fun of him on Twitter, you're allowed to do that. And they said he was being doxxed. It was a threat to his threats are always wrong and they're against the law. But we're allowed to make fun of people. We are. Sorry, I wish life was cotton candy and smiles for everybody, but it's not. It's not supposed to be that way. Get with it, Schiff. I'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Thank you very much, and I'll be back tomorrow. Hope all is well.